Welcome back to the Coming a Beast Book Club, Day 10, Slight Edge, by Jeff Olson. We are reading the 8th Anniversary Edition, page 31, bottom paragraph. The boy imagined the pond covered with this lush, gorgeous plant. Not sure what, to, what this has to do with a choice, he said out loud. He stretched and yawned. That's enough reading for one night. He turned off the light and settled against the pillow. A minute later, he was sitting up again. Switching the light, switching on the light, something prodded him to keep going and take it, and take it more, take in more of this book. Turning the page, he came to the next story. This one entitled "In the Pale." Once again, he began to read. In the pale, two frogs left the safety of their swamp one day, and ventured into a nearby farm to explore. Soon, they found themselves in a dairy where they found a large milk pail. Hopping into the pail, they found it was half filled with fresh cream. The two little frogs were absolutely thrilled. They had never tasted anything so delicious. So their bellies were full, feeling sleepy. They decided it was time to leave. And that's when they realized that they were in trouble. They had no trouble hopping in, but how were they going to get out? The inside of the pail was too slippery to climb, and because they couldn't reach the bottom, there was nothing for them to step on for traction. Hopping to safety was out of the question, too. They were trapped. Frantic, they began thrashing about. The feet scrabbling for a foothold on the elusive slippery curve of the pail side. Finally, one frog cried out. It's no use. We're doomed. No, the other frog grasped. We can't give up. When they were tadpoles, when we were tadpoles, could we have dreamed one day that we were going to emerge from the water and hop out on land? Swim on. Swim on, brother, and pray for a miracle. But the first frog only eyed his brother sadly. There is no miracle in the life of a frog, he croaked. Farewell, and he sinks slowly out of sight. The second frog refused to give up. He continued paddling in the same tiny circle over and over, hopping, hoping for a miracle. One hour later, he was still puddling, paddling in his futile little circle. He no longer even knew why. His brother Dying's words clutched his thoughts as fatigue tugged on his tiny muscles. Was my brother right? He thought desperately. Are there no miracles in the life of a frog? Finally, he could swim no more. With a blumper of anguish, he stopped paddling and let go, ready to face his fate. But by this time, the boy was no longer reading. Unable to keep his eyes open any longer, he fell asleep as the frog paddled in his desperate circle, refusing to give up. Somewhere in the back of his mind, though, the boy had already guessed how the tale of the two frogs would turn out. His guess was pretty much the way the story's last paragraph did in fact read. Yet to his surprise, unlike his brother, the second frog did not sink. In fact, he stared right where he was, as if suspended in midair. He stretched out a foot tentatively and felt it touch something solid. He heaved a big sigh and said a big sigh, said a slight farewell to his poor desperate brother frog, and scrambled onto the top of the big lump of butter that he had just churned. 
hopped out of the pail and off towards his home, the swamp. That night, the, bee, the boy dreamed of frogs paddling on a bed of flowers, floating on a pond of pennies. The wealthy man's other son lay awake that night, too, but he never opened the copy of a story from his father given to him. He was too busy thinking to sleep or read. He made his decision the moment his father held out the chief of $1,000 bills. He was already making big plans for the next 31 days. When morning came, he sprang into action. After notifying his father of his choice, he opened the million-dollar line of credit at his father's bank. Next, he hired an executive director to help him execute his ambitious plan and rented out a hotel suite in the center of town, where he conducted interviews for the next six days. By week's end, he had hired a staff of the sharpest financial advisors, market analysts, and investment experts available. The group spent the second week researching, brainstorming, and drafting strategies to help the wealthy man's son transform his million-dollar windfall into genuine fortune. By the beginning of week three, they had locked and loaded and ready to rumble. Off they marched into the battlefield of commerce and speculation to turn the boy's million into billions. A few days later, the boy decided to pay a visit to his brother to see what he was doing with his million. But when he arrived, he found to his astonishment that his brother turned down the million and took the penny instead. I went to see father again the day after we all met, the first boy told his brother, and his butler gave me a peek into the purse. My lone penny had joined by a companion. On the third day, I went back and peeked again and saw four pennies. On the fourth day, there were eight. Brother listened in disbelief, and the boy continued describing his insignificant little pile of pennies. On day five, there had been sixteen. On day six, thirty-two. By week's end, the boy amassed a whopping nest egg of sixty-four cents. By the end of the second week, the catch of pennies, just shy of ninety dollars, eighty-one dollars and 92 cents to be precise and not even given enough to pay for a decent dinner for two at a hotel where his brother's east financial team had their base of operations now a few days into the third week the purse had grown to 655 dollars and 35 cents barely enough to sustain the boy on his own for one week the poor set the brother cried i can't believe you went for the penny but it's not too late visit our father see if he'll let you change your mind even if he gives you half your million, it's certainly better than the scrapping, scraping by on what you've got now. Or at least let me help. I can stand the idea of you venturing out into the world with scarcely enough to feed yourself for one week. But the first boy wouldn't hear it. That night, the old man died peacefully in his sleep. Toward the end of the month, the second boy's executive director brought him some worrisome news. The market had gone a bit soft. And the team's earlier rosy predictions would need to be revised downward. The boy thanked him and waited anxiously for the next report.